Good morning, everyone. I hope your Lent is going well. This is the second week of Lent. And so it's always good to do a self-check at the beginning of every week to say, where have we fallen short and how can we get back up again? And so in today's gospel, we hear Jesus say, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father will be able to enter. And so when we reflect on this, we can think, a lot of people today think, well, doesn't God love everyone, right? A lot of times people just think everyone is just going to heaven. But here even Jesus says, those who call me Lord, Lord, some of them will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And so we have to think about that. Why would Jesus say these things? And so I want to reflect a little bit on that. He says, you can cast out demons in my name, do many mighty works in my name. And I will say to some of them, I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you evil doers. So I'm going to give you an example. Obviously, I'm a Catholic priest standing in front of you right here. And so let's say I'm praying over someone, okay? I'm praying over you. You know, maybe demons are oppressing you. I'm not exactly talking about that too much. But let's say I'm praying over you, and in the name of Jesus, I cast out demons from you, okay? Does that mean that I'm holy? No, that does not mean that I'm holy. Because the name of Jesus is so excellent that even if the person saying his name is not holy, he will still cast out demons. If I feed the poor and visit the sick, does that mean that I'm holy? No, not by itself. No, that does not mean that I'm holy. Because he says, there are many who will say, Lord, I did many mighty works, so many good deeds. Don't you know who I am? And he says, I don't know who you are. Depart from me, you evil doer, right? And so it's so important to understand that he says you're an evil doer. A lot of times we think, unfortunately, just doing the good things by themselves will get us into heaven in of itself, right? Jesus gives the example, if you're a good tree, you'll bear good fruit. But if you're a bad tree, you could only bear bad fruit, right? What does that mean? So let's say me as a priest or married, maybe some of you as a married couple, okay? Let's say I'll use you as an example. I won't pick on myself today too much because I usually do that anyways. But let's say a married couple, okay? Let's say... I'll pick on husbands. Let's say you have a good husband, seemingly good husband, okay? Let's say, God forbid, let's say he's living in adultery, okay? He's living in adultery, but he helps the poor. He's a good person on some level. I'm like, he does good things. But if he doesn't stop living in adultery, do those good things bear fruit? No. So if I live a morally corrupt life myself, right? And I do other good things, but the tree is dead at the core, right? There was an example in the Bible where there was a blind man and Jesus healed him for a second partially. He saw everyone as trees, right? And then, then he got his sight back. So every person is a tree and some of us can be here right now 
we're walking, we're talking, maybe we're at mass even, but the tree is dead at the core. We're dead, right? So what is the key to that? Jesus has the power, even if I'm dead, to bring me back to life. Right now, you look outside, you see the trees are dead because it looks, they look dead because it's winter. And then he, in spring, you'll see them, they look alive, they produce fruit, right? But sometimes when we're living in mortal sin and we're not repenting, not just we fell and we get back up, but I'm just staying in a state of, I'm just living in sin. I'm just, I don't want to admit that I'm living in sin. I call my sin good. Or even if you know that it's not good, but you're just holding on to it, whatever that sin is, when it's very grave. All the good things in the world that we do do not count as fruit for us if I'm not in right relationship with God, right? If I lose the grace of God. So here Jesus is very, very clear because a lot of times people think that just because you're a nice person that you're going to heaven. There's a lot of nice, let's say, celebrities, and they're here to judge all their souls, but at times they can do a lot of nice stuff. But they can just be living in the most grave sins and proud of them. Screaming, abortion is wonderful, they'll say. It's the most beautiful thing. Or just living in adultery, fornication, it's a beautiful thing. But just because someone is a nice person on the outside, I can say there was a lot of times in my life I was a nice guy. People would have looked at Father Kevin and you're like, you're a nice guy. That doesn't mean that I can't have grave sin. And if I don't repent of grave sin, I'm a dead tree. He will say to me, Father Kevin, I don't know who you are. And so that is so clear. But thank God we have an awesome God that is warning us in this Bible, in the, in the gospel today. He's saying, look at your heart and what are your sins? Because he says, when you say, Lord, Lord, he says, I don't know you. So what does it mean to really call Jesus Lord? To say Jesus is Lord, that means he rules over your heart, right? He has to rule over my heart. So either Jesus is king and he's sitting on my heart and he rules over my body, or I sit as king of my own heart and I rule over myself. You know, St. Paul says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, right? So there are times in our life we fight against that. We're resistant. We don't want to do God's will. We want to be the lords of our life. And so that's why when Jesus says, some people say to me, Lord, Lord, but I'm not their Lord. I'm not their king. I don't rule over their heart. And so a good way to reflect on that is, does Jesus rule over our hearts? How do we know that? Well, with our eyes. Okay, does Jesus rule over my eyes? Let's say I'm driving my vehicle and I see someone dressed immodestly as I'm driving. Am I going to look at that person with lust? Or am I going to put my head down and do the sign of the cross? Because I know that Jesus rules over my heart, right? Let's say I want good things for my family, right? But I'm tempted to do immoral things to gain money. I can say I can take suffering 
and do the right thing and live an honest life. Or I can say, you know what, this is easier. I'm going to sell drugs on every street corner. I'm going to bag them up, not look where they're going, and just dump them there. I don't know where they're going. Okay, in that moment, Jesus is not Lord of your heart. Very easily. And many different examples. Lack of forgiveness. I hate all my relatives, you could say, or half of them. I can't look at them. I can't look at my mother-in-law. I hate her. Okay, okay, I don't have a mother-in-law. I'm not married. But anyways, okay, if you have an in-law or or a father-in-law, if you hate them, Jesus says that is murder. What if for five years, ten years, you're holding on to this hatred? It's poisoning your own heart. Okay, you can say in that moment, Jesus is not Lord of our hearts. Even if I feed the poor, I come to Mass, I pray, I take care of my kids, but I'm living in hatred, you're a dead tree. Jesus has the power to bring me back to life. Because if he doesn't reign over my body, we can be resistant. We don't want to look at these things. We don't want to look, right? And if I myself... If I don't tell you, if I don't challenge you, remember, like, the priest sometimes is almost like the police officer of sin. I have to form our conscience, okay? If you see something in me that's evil, please tell me so I can cry in front of the Eucharist and say, Jesus, forgive me. Please tell me. If you say, Father Kevin, you did something really, really wrong to me, tell me so I can apologize, so I can say, I need to go to confession, right? Because at times we, we can have sin and we can be a dead priest. So it's not about pointing fingers. It's about Jesus bringing us all back to life. No one is better than anybody else. And I always say this. At some point or another, most of us probably have deserved hell. And if you think you don't, haven't at some point deserved hell, you can come to my office and why don't I examine you and question you for five minutes and I'll let you know. Just come and sit in my office Let me ask you a series of questions. Say, Father Kevin, ask me whatever you want. Okay, I can do that. I can do that very easily because we all have sin, right? We all have sin at times in our life, some more greater than others, but we really have to ask Jesus to heal our hearts because a lot of times we have this guilt. Sometimes people can be carrying this guilt. I'm going to church because I feel like if I just come to church, God will save me. The church is like a hospital, right? And the Eucharist is like medicine. But if I don't repent from my sin, it's like I'm in a hospital and I'm trying to get treated. The the, the cure is right here. The cure is in our hands, right here. Jesus is the cure. But it's like saying to the cure, I don't want you. I don't want the cure. I'm at the hospital, but I don't want the cure. And that's what he said to the scribes and Pharisees. How often I wanted to gather you the way a hen gathers her chicks so that I can heal you, but you were unwilling. So sometimes we, we are unwilling to be healed. And so it's so critical. Then at the end of this gospel, what time is it? Okay, I got two more minutes here. Okay. Okay, at the end of this gospel, Jesus says you must build your house on the rock. Okay, so in the Bible... Rock means a few different things. Rock can mean building your house on God himself, right? And his word. You build yourself, you build your life on the words of Jesus 
and on God himself. Someone's alarm clock is ringing there. Okay. Okay, okay very good. Okay. And so you can build, we need to build our life on Jesus. Jesus is the rock. But then what's funny about that is when Jesus is preaching this sermon, there's another guy in the crowd. Jesus says, you're the rock. Interesting. He said to Simon, your name is no longer Simon. Your name is Kappa in Aramaic. Your name is rock. And I'm going to build my church on this rock. You are rock. And on this rock, I will build my church. That is something that's also so critical. So when I want to conduct my life, I trust that Jesus gave authority to the church to help me understand when I'm living an immoral life. It's not just all about what I think. I look at the church or the catechism and I say, Lord God, how do I build my life on you? And you, you gave us the church and the church is entrusted to help me build my life on how to live correctly. So for example, teachings on the Eucharist, moral teachings. We're not going to get into all of that exactly today. But we're going to just keep keep on looking today at Mass. Look in your heart. What are you not letting Jesus heal you from? Okay? Did you have an abortion a long time ago? And for 10 years, you've been wanting to go to confession, but you just don't have the nerve to. Okay. But Jesus wants to bring healing. Maybe some of you in this church, the biggest struggle that a lot of married couples have is maybe the teachings on marriage when it comes to how to live out the marital act, right? Should a couple use contraception or not use contraception? Right? The church teaches us contraception is a sin. But there might be times when the couple's trying to figure out, well, I can't have any more kids. If I do, I'll die. Then we need to figure out what a couple can do that's moral to be able to live in a way that is not obscuring the marital act. Right? But sometimes we don't want to look at those things. And so it's critical that... Whatever sin we have, that we have to be looking and say, why don't I just give it to God? If I fall into sin, I know a lot of married couples fall into sin. A lot of single people fall into sin. Lots of priests fall into sin. That's not the point. The point is, we have an awesome God. His name is Jesus. And he came to heal all of us from our sin. But sometimes, we're just not willing. So let's pray together as a family here that whatever sins we do have today, that we bring them to Jesus so truly he may bring us all back to life. Amen.